Hi, I'm Carmel Jane, and this is the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show. I really want to unearth stories from female entrepreneurs about their journey to success, get inspired and discover top tips, advice and real life experience on how to start a business, grow a business and create something you are truly proud of. This week, we have the wonderful Jane Bennett from Bennett's Funeral uh, Directors Inn. She's a third generation owner of this really kind, caring funeral directors and they really are fantastic. So listen in and find out all about how she's growing the business, how she looks after her employees and how she takes her CSR very seriously. And remember, rate, review and subscribe. It really does help people to find us. My name's Carmel Jane, and this is the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show every Wednesday from 1 till 3. And I'm very happy to have into the studio today Jane Bennett from Bennett's Funeral Directors. Welcome, Jane. Good morning, Carmel. Excellent. I'm, I'm probably assuming a lot of my listeners actually know who you are um, because I've had to come into you under sad circumstances because you are the go-to funeral directors in the area, aren't you? Well, a lot of people think so, and I would like to think that other people do as well because... We do look after families. Yeah, I think um, I actually used to know someone who was involved in funeral directors and they were salespeople and they were all about trying to sell more stuff when people passed away. But you are all about looking after your customers, Mm, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. We want to look after them from when they first come in or make the call to the day of the funeral and then thereafter as well. So we look after them with our bereavement groups our support groups, outings, memorial service. Yeah, and I think we're going to look at actually um, what you do with your staff and your CSR, corporate and social responsibility, which I know you're really big on. But but how, Jane, did you get to be running a funeral directors? Well, uh, I grew up as the daughter of a funeral director. My father was Arthur. He died in the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, being a girl, it was never envisaged that I would go into such a masculine area. Was it because you wouldn't go into business or you wouldn't go into funerals? I think my father was quite Victorian, so probably he thought I would get married and that would be the end of it. So actually the fact that I would go into business or funerals was probably both considered unlikely. So So he died. Funerals are quite a... Funeral directors is quite a male... Is it? Uh, it used to be, but now there are as many women actually on the administration and conducting and organising side as there are men, oh, if not more. I think yeah. we're better at it, frankly. Well, you know, if we can Slight stereotype, yes, gender stereotypes and all that, but, you know, <laughs> but actually compassion and kindness and empathy is probably much more of a, a, a feminine style trait, isn't it? It's that, but I think also that people feel that if they need to shed a tear, they feel probably more comfortable to do that with women. Yes, yeah. And especially if it's maybe an older gentleman who's lost his wife, who he may have been married to for 50 years, always it would have been the stiff upper lip approach, but he's hurting, so it's not unusual to shed a tear. And for a woman to be there, I think is easier. Yes, I definitely agree. I think it's more, and it's becoming more acceptable to be a little bit, to show your emotion a bit Absolutely, more than, yes. So anyway, Arthur didn't expect his daughter to carry on the business, the family name, but so he passed away in the 70s. Did you it, take over there? No, no, no. I was working in the city mm-hmm. and worked up in, in the city doing financial futures for 10 years. 
And then Ted Pitts, who took over when my father passed away, he was due to retire. So my mother phoned me up and said, do you want to have a go? And literally that was it. <laughs> so it was- Watch her go. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to have a go at that. So it, it was the end of the 80s. The London financial markets were not a good place to be. And there was a lot of redundancies, mm. a lot of uncertainties. And I thought, well, this is maybe the best time for me to go. So I left. First, did you, did you, had you been involved in the business before? No, 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 I knew nothing. So my <laughs> first day, I'd gone from a very high-tech dealing room one week to walking into clunky typewriters oh. and rickety desks and thought, what have I done? <laughs> and it is, you know, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, not the high-flying city where I'm sure there was champagne every Friday night and all the rest of it. All of a sudden, you were dealing with bereavement and sadness and a lot of older people, I'm guessing, as well. Yes. And it took me a long time, really, to... You do, you learn so much as time goes on mm. in life in general. So about how old were you when you took over the business? I was in my early 30s. So you kind of... I been, wasn't a baby. Yeah, you, weren't, you, weren't, you weren't 21. So you'd, no. be, you'd been around, but you'd met people, you understood yeah. how people worked yeah. and things, yeah. So the first few weeks, I thought... I kept thinking, what have I done? <laughs> but, Take me back to the city. <laughs> but as time went on, it got easier for me and then Ted a year after I started he retired so I went from knowing nothing to a year later taking over and there were mistakes along the way you know I I'd agreed to do things with salespeople that came in and I had no idea but did you, you, know, have, did you, you learn from those mistakes at that stage did you have a good team around you good team of employees that was quite tricky as well because there were, a, it was all guys. Oh, wow. And suddenly I come in. So you started when there was very few women in the industry. Absolutely. And how did you overcome that? Um, just a bit of determination, <laughs> I guess. You don't mess with Jane Bennett, do you? No. <laughs> but I knew nothing. So they saw me as... But actually, if you were working in finance and futures and the city anyway. You, you were used to men anyway, weren't you? Oh, yes, but it's a very different kettle of fish because yeah, I, I didn't know so much about it. So they didn't, um, they didn't always see eye to eye with me. After I had my first son, which was about 18 months after I started, so that was difficult. <laughs> You tick every box on the difficulty scale. So you took over your dad's business, which had nothing to do, know about anything. All the men working there didn't want a young woman coming in telling them how to run a funeral directors. And then... And then I had a child. Then you had a child. <laughs> who... I had no maternity leave. I had no time off before I had him. I worked until he was due. I was back again within a few weeks. I was tired. So how I was did you manage tired. it? Did you have a nanny then? Uh, I had somebody who looked after Joss for the first year mm -hmm. and then then I had somebody else. Yeah, so I had childcare so all the way through. This was in the early 80s. So this is probably for Late the eight, or early, early 90s then. The men weren't probably as hands-on as the dads are now, are they? Actually, Jeff was pretty good, oh, was pretty good. I okay. have to say. Okay, Jeff, you did well, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then did you know that you would just be keeping on growing this business? Did you have plans? So you went and so I'm just going to give it a go. Did you have any ideas of where it was going to go? All I wanted to do was just keep looking after people. 
and looking after families. I had no yearning to grow the business massively. I just wanted to make sure that the families were happy with everything that we'd done. Now, Jane is on the radio and obviously she's an ambassador for a company, so it might sound like she's saying this stuff, but we're going to talk a little bit about, <laughs> about the things that proves that this is who you are, isn't it? It's you, it and I think you haven't maybe perhaps tried to grow your business. It just has grown and sustained itself simply because it comes from such a good place, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And it is the reputation. Uh, we're very fortunate that people do recommend us. We do our best every day. But I think, you know, I'm not driven by money, which mm. is a bit of a strange thing for somebody in business to say, but it doesn't drive me. But I totally agree with this. I think if you've got a really clear mission statement and your mission statement is about something bigger than money and bigger than making yourself more and, and whatever it is, I think it follows. Like I, I mean, I like taking photos and making people look good and feel good will be photographed. A lot Absolutely. Of, a lot of teenage girls, especially with dance and schools, and I, my team, we've got a duty of care to those kids. And so if my photographers are going out knowing that we've got to look after these kids we photograph, it just all is a trickle down, isn't it? And you know that you're, I say, I've been to a couple of, I was saying to Michelle earlier, unfortunately I had to go to a couple of funerals in the last two years and your team has been, you know, looking after it. And they are, they're amazing. They're so good. And I hear so many good stories about what your team does. It's not just you, is it? It's everyone. Absolutely. It's, it is everybody. Everybody there cares. And it doesn't matter what their role is. And I don't think anybody is more or less important because we are part of a team. So it doesn't matter what they do. Everybody is part of it. We're going to talk a little bit more about your um, team when we come back after the break because I, I staff or anything, I love my team. And I think um, without, you know, they're, they're your greatest asset, aren't they? And Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That and we don't have businesses, do no. we? But we're going to talk about how you look after them. We're going to be back after the break very shortly. Fleetwood Mac and Big Love. Now, I do let some of my guests choose some of the songs. And this is one of Jane's choices. Oh, sorry, it's Carmel Jane on Carmel Jane Talks Business, Phoenix FM. We've got the delightful Jane Bennett in talking to us about Bennett's funeral directors. And she chose Fleetwood Mac, Big Love. Why did you choose this song, Jane? I loved this when I first heard it. I bought it. It was on Tango in the Night. I bought it. I took it home, put it on. And my friend Kelly was staying with me. And we played it and played it and played it and danced around one afternoon, no alcohol involved. It's just one of those songs. Yeah. And then when I went and saw Fleetwood Mac five or six years ago, and no Lindsay good. Buckingham did that, played that as an acoustic, and it was fantastic. Brilliant. I've always loved it. I'm not a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Oh, no, she's giving me the evil eye. Mm. I think I've just ruined no, the No, no, no. Some, some. Yeah, well, no, they, they have their moments. Oh, I like it a bit more rocky. I like it a bit more rocky. Anyway, lovely. They did enjoy that track. It was fantastic. So, Bennett's Funeral Directors, we've been talking about, you took over from your dad. You didn't really know what you were doing. You've been working in the city. Um, then you had a baby 18 months later. And you are the go-to funeral directors in the area. I mean, I hear so many people say good things about you. And, and we're saying that actually... It's not about growing your business and making it better. You just want to look after people, don't you? Yes. And I think you do that with your staff. So I've been to a couple of funerals with, with your guys being there and guys and girls. Can I just say, if I leave here and get run over by a bus, can Tina be my 
Houston at the front. Yes, she can. <laughs> Tina's loads. Lots of amazing. people <laughs> ask for Tina. She has this amazing black bob and she just looks wonderful all dressed up in a top hat and things. So yeah, yes. let's hope this has never come to this, Jane. But I'm just saying, <laughs> forget run over by a bus, this is what I want to happen. Um, and your staff are amazing. So I've been in, I've photographed and I've done all the headshots. And, um, and it's difficult because they have to be so empathetic and it's a very difficult... Uh, industry that you're in, but there was a jolliness, there was a kindness and a camaraderie. How do you create that? How do you get your staff to want to be your ambassadors? It depends on their personality and their character. You can't teach that. Either people are like that or they aren't. And do you, and when you're employing, that's what you're looking for? I think what we do is we have the original CV in. You know as well as I mm. that CVs... Could, yeah. You have to read between the lines quite a lot. I had a whole, whole, whole podcast on with Penny because I've made so many mistakes with employing people. But you have to get it right, don't you? You have to yes. get the right people in. Absolutely. But what we do is we have people in for a day beforehand just to see how they get on with everybody else as well mm -hmm. because we are a team. So actually, I'm, I'm saying your internal customers if you're all looking after your staff and everyone's looking after each other, then you just naturally are in a good place to go and look after your actual customers, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. But so they have to get on with each other. They have to be part of the team. We're really lucky that everybody cares, but we yeah, have... Well, you're not lucky. You've created that. But that's the people that they are anyway. But for instance, we have very, very little sickness. Yeah, because sign, they all feel that they're part of a team. And if they're not there any particular day, they're not letting me down, they're letting mm. down the team. Do you do team building things? We go out for curry nights and we do various things. It's difficult for us all to get together because somebody will be on call yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. So because we're 24 seven. Because I'm thinking funerals is just the actual funeral, but it's not, isn't it? Someone... No, we, we have to answer the the phone any time of day or night. So do you have to go and do you have to go and get the bodies and stuff? Yes. Sorry, this is taking a turn <laughs> on a Wednesday afternoon, isn't it? But I find quite fascinated by all this. Yes. So we get a call at any time and How do they know to call you? Has a person who's passed away said this They is may have done. So in the care homes they should have details of the nominated funeral director. And if they call us, then we will attend within the hour, so long as the doctor has been to actually certify that the person has passed. Oh, wow. So I didn't realise it was 24 hours. Mm. You've got to be there ready to go and... Yeah. Have, so you had any, have you had to be going out at 2 o'clock? Is it spooky? I suppose if they're in a nursing home, it's OK. In all honesty, I don't go out very <laughs> often. But I shall come on to the what ladies do in skirts. <laughs> what do ladies do in skirts, Jane? Go on, tell me. We used to have the HM coroner's contract. And that was when if somebody dies suddenly, mm -hmm. we would have to go along to collect the person and take them to the hospital. And the contract stated that we had to be there within the hour. So oh, a couple of years back, the only people there to go were Tina and myself. Mm -hmm. So we thought, it's not a problem. We're strong girls. We can cope <laughs> we with can all of this. this. But there were probably five flights of stairs. We might have exaggerated, obviously, <laughs> when we got back to work and might have said there were 15. But so did you have to carry the body mm, down the stairs? Yes, so Tina and I were doing it. It's on a stretcher? Yes. Wow. <clears throat> but it was... No, this is quite fair. I thought, so, I, I, I love about this. I get to say, 
delve into other people's businesses that are going on. That's amazing. So you had two, yeah. And your skirts. And our skirts. Carrying a body down. very hot because, yeah. So you, that's why you don't often go out. You leave that's it to the boys. Why, yes, and I suppose absolutely. also you don't know how big the person's going to be. No. No, you don't. Okay. Ladies in skirts, they can they can do anything. Yes, we can do anything. <laughs> but your staff, they are really wonderful. So you, I think we can get carried away with all the doing so much staff, um, like specific things. But I think if on a day-to-day basis, we're looking after our staff. That's when it grows, doesn't it? You can't just be nice to them two or three times a year. I think it's got to be a real daily thing, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's appreciating people. We do get thank you emails and cards in and it's sharing them. Mm -hmm. They might be addressed to one person in particular, but it's quite good to share that around. I know you're not a big fan of Facebook, but we've got a Facebook page for just our staff and we get a lot of good feedback. So as soon as we get good feedback, it goes on the Facebook page and then all our staff can see all the good feedback they're getting. And actually they go, oh, you know, they haven't had one for a week or two. I think they up their game. No, that's a really good idea. Yeah, no, so, and you can, I think it's a great idea with staff because it's just a, pro, a secret group. No one else can see it and it's just your staff if they're on Facebook and things. But that works That works really well for us sharing. So this is Carmel Jane with Carmel Jane Talks Business every Wednesday from one till three. And in the studio today, um, I have got the wonderful Jane Bennett from Bennett's Funeral Directors. And we've just been talking a little bit about how she started out. She's third generation family. She is wonderful um, with her staff. And it really um, does make a difference. We're saying about how just really looking after your staff, they become ambassadors, um, ambassadors for the company. And funerals must have changed a bit in the last few years, have they? Mm, Over time? Yes, quite a lot. Well, some things have really changed quite dramatically and others haven't changed so much. So, for instance, we still wear the uniform. We're yeah. still in black. And the top hats. And they with the top wearing. hats and the canes. But because some people now prefer to add more colour, obviously we can't do different coloured suits, mm-hmm. but we offer a range of different colour ties. But like a wedding, they match it up to the colour of the... Yes. <laughs> so we'll match it up with flowers. Um colours on the service sheet. So we have a whole rainbow of different colours. And people want different modes of transport too, don't they? Yes, we, it was actually my younger son whose idea was to get the Land Rover hearse built. So we got that done a few years ago and it's wonderful. It's a Land Rover Defender. It's silver and black and it's beautiful. We have a matching 110 Defender, which will seat seven people as well. So are they popular? Yes. Yeah. Uh, We thought it was going to be for more country folk, but it can be for people who just want something different. Yeah. Or want something that doesn't look like a hearse. So are are many more services, they're not in churches so much anymore? No, no, no. Most services now are at the crematorium and a lot of those are non-religious services. And I think people choose that because they sometimes feel hypocritical Mm. at having a religious service, but we do obviously explain that they can do either. Mm. It's whatever is best for them. So you do go, you bend over backwards, don't you, to to really help people celebrate the life, don't they? Yes. So when somebody comes in about a funeral, we won't just book the funeral, we will also tie up with who we think will be either who will be the parish minister or the best celebrant to suit them we will also phone the 
the place where they wish the wake to take mm -hmm. place. So we'll tie up everything together. And I think this is all about, your, you know, you are the funeral directors in the area. And I think it's because it's all about this customer service. It wasn't, business growth hasn't driven your business growth. Customer no. care has driven your business growth, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And um, bereavement counselling is something else you offer, isn't it? It's so important. Uh, we started our group, which has changed from Bennett's Bereavement Group to New Era. Mm -hmm. The actual group changed the name a few years ago. That's been running now for 12 years. That meets at St George's Church on the second Wednesday of the month. Mm -hmm. Fantastic group. Some of the people have been going to the group for a long time. And although they don't need to go for themselves, what's great is that they go to welcome other people, other new people, people. and then they can say to those people, I do know how you mm. feel. How do you, um, you know, mental health is such a big thing. And I know you, 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 know, you must have dealt with a few suicides. And I think recently there was a teen suicide, which is desperately sad. How do you maintain staff morale? How do you keep, when people are dealing with such sadness? Because it must be horrific. It must be terrible, is it? It's terrible. Absolutely. It's, we're upset for the family, desperately upset for the family. But for us to deal with as well, it makes you look at your own family. Mm. It makes you think about friends who may have had issues in their own life as well. So you do take it, you take it on board quite a lot. But we are very lucky that we, we talk about it quite a lot mm. at work. We talk about how we feel. With any youngsters, it's extremely difficult, no matter the reason for their passing, but we do share it. We, And also I do offer counselling to members of the team okay. as well. So if there's anything that they come across that they find very difficult, then I will support them with their own counselling as well. Is, this is the whole thing, isn't it, about looking after your staff so much in those difficult times. I think it's amazing, but it must be, you must have to have a laugh sometimes, do you? Do you just... We do have great laughs. Yeah. <laughs> you must just have to... You know what, and you've done a good job, you've really helped people and you just have to have to do that. Now, something else, because I think um, you must have... While well, you have the very sad, you must have the frustrating times because I think... Um, uh, there is something you can do, and I think this is a great idea. I'm from New Zealand, and I was I was brought up Catholic, so we kind of got a pretty laissez-faire attitude to death. You know, we talked about yes. it, and I've seen bodies yeah. laid out, which is not very English whatsoever. But so many people don't talk about what happened if they died, and they can get a special form off you where they can fill in what songs they want and everything, because you have you had some pretty big family feuds about what to do at the funeral, haven't you? Oh, yes. We've had, oh, I can remember a few occasions where we've had one person who's died but we've had more than one service for that person. Because they just couldn't agree. Yeah, because they couldn't agree or because they didn't tell the other part of the family. <sighs> or... Gee, part funeral director, part diplomat. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you... One thing that you have to learn is to listen to both sides of the story. Mm. Because, because they're, they're, they're you... You don't know what's right and what's wrong. And there's probably a bit of right and wrong with both. And I guess it's not your job to judge, is it? It's your job just no, to help out. No, But I do, um, so I think these, this idea of getting it, I said it. The wish a, list. I call it a death wish. It's uh, <laughs> a wish list. The wish list. The wish list. Um, and so you can sit out, if, um, and, and actually all ages should do it, don't they? Because we don't know what's around the corner. No, I've and done mine. You've done yours. What, songs, did mine. what songs are you going to have? I'm going to have, at my service, I'm going to have Light My Fire by The Doors. 
Oh, I love that song. Oh, is it we agree on that one. <laughs> is it because you're in a crematorium or because yes. you just... Yeah. <laughs> and it was going to be sitting there giggling a little bit. And because I used to be in love with Jim Morrison I many years ago. I did too. I just posted him all. Even when he was yes. dead, I was in love with so, him. So, yes. He was, was like my, my proper... And I, yes. And I know I had all his albums. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. I might, have, I might put that on my, my wish list. Light my fire. <laughs> what other songs have you got? Um... I'm not quite sure what else. The others are changing a bit. But, uh, Maybe some Pink Floyd in there somewhere. Oh, I have a rock chick. Uh, yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it a But lot. you can write everything down on there, and it is important. Everybody should write down, if not full wishes, at least some of them to say... To give guidance, isn't it? Even whether you want to be buried or cremated. Some people have no idea. But I guess people are dealing with the grief, and actually... Decision making. I mean, I, th- I think running a business, making decisions is one of the hardest things we do. And actually, when you're just when you're not in a good place, to keep making more and more decisions about what songs, where to have it, buried or cremation, all that kind of thing. So if you can set that out, but um, I do think it's a wonderful document. I think people should have yeah. just an idea of it. Doesn't have to be filled in exactly, doesn't? But no. an idea of what they're going to do. And it can be a work in progress. Do you know that my nan, when Granddad died, she had him laid out next to her for five days. He was in, she, when she lay in bed, his coffin was next to her. That's weird, isn't it? Not for this country. In New Zealand, it was kind of normal. Well, that was what suited her. So I, know. I think it was great. So that was to, good. I said it was because she had him there so she could talk to him and not, and he wouldn't interrupt her and she could do all the talking and he would never <laughs> correct her. So I thought that's why she probably just had him there for five days so she could do all her talking and that was that. But, um, but yeah, that was great. Everyone went around to see them. But that's, that's quite unusual. But again, I think it's a great idea. Well, people come to the Chapel of Rest, so that is similar. But we still take people home. Oh, you still do it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not as often, no. but we still do because that's been their tradition. Oh, good old New Zealand Catholic family, that's what we had. <laughs> uh, what's the time? What's the time? Uh, oh, we've got another few minutes. Um, so, where was I up to? Um, when was it change? So... What would you change if you could go back and change things, Jane? I can't change anything that's happened. What I would change is people writing down their wishes. Yeah, do that. Definitely. You can get, you can come into us, you can get a wish list, you can download one from our website. The other thing is the licensing of funeral directors. Oh, what's going on there? We are not licensed. So anybody, you could go and open up a funeral director's. You're joking me. No. So the thing is, anybody could do it. That could be your next mission, as you could be the chairwoman of the Funeral Directors Association. No, thank you. <laughs> you've, got, you've got enough going on, have you, Jane? But we, I belong to SAFE, which is the Society of Allied and Independent Funeral Directors, but you don't have to. So you don't have to be regulated, and I think it's shocking. You I should quite check that... Too, yeah. that your funeral director is licensed and regulated. And even just looking after the person who's passed away, but also looking after the family. You've got a real duty of care, don't you? Yeah, the people yeah. who are dealing with it, with a lot Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. And um, so have you had any, any kind of interesting or life-changing stories that, that has influenced what's happened to you with your business and your family and things? I suppose looking after families has probably changed some things because they hit home. Well, you couldn't help but be changed, no. could you? When you're so, seeing people sad, and, and actually, I know, well, weddings and funerals aren't that far apart, but when I used to do weddings, I did love finding out all their stories. And everyone, everyone had some little skeleton in their closet or something that I had to find out yeah. before the day of the wedding, and you must get the same kind of thing, do you? Oh, yes. We get told quite a lot of things. 
I used to call myself nosy, but someone said, no, don't say that. You're just inquisitive. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking that you're a bit inquisitive too, Jane, are you? I think people like to share. Yeah. Because you're in a confidential situation and it might be that the husband you've just come to arrange the funeral for was absolutely horrible. <gasps> and everybody thought he was wonderful. So they might tell you us that, but then they have to go and put but, their face on about how yeah. great everything was. Yeah. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> I'm terrible. I just think about just the whole hearing everyone's stories and good stories and bad stories. Oh, and, and they are lovely, lovely stories. Really lovely stories. Because I guess mostly you're getting lots of happy memories, aren't you? Yes. How do you not spend your whole day crying? Uh, they do touch us a lot. You, you go and you can come out of any arrangement with any family and so often you go, oh, they're just so lovely. And that person was wonderful for whatever reason. You it must have to buy tissues in bulk. <laughs> just, we do. Tax relief on <laughs> tissues. Um, just because, yeah, you're really getting to know people, aren't you? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how do you, when, because you need staff, because obviously you're still doing some of that. So you just, people, how long before they get to be face to face with people who, have, who are upset and grieving? Oh, goodness, they can come in just as somebody's passed away, before they pass away sometimes, just because they want to get in their mind what they have to do and in which mm. order. Some people might leave it days, but generally it is within two or three days that people will contact us. We can take another little break. He's been poking around other people's businesses. It's because I'm inquisitive, uh, Jane. Not yeah. nosy. <laughs> Not nosy. Not nosy. We'll take a little break and we're back shortly. We've got um, Jack Savaretti, Candlelight, which Jane was shocked that I didn't know who he was. He's just so gorgeous. And he's so gorgeous. We've been Googling him up while the song's playing. Anyway, enjoy a bit of Jack Savaretti with Candlelight. So, Prodigy and Firestarter, this is what happens when we let a rock chick like Jane Bennett in to choose <laughs> some songs for us. Um, and the Firestarter, because it is actually Keith, Keith Flint's uh, funeral service on Friday and um, Jane wanted to play that song to highlight a little bit about mental health which we touched on earlier especially with young men that, that, that you're at the coalface and you kind of see a lot of this you know when it ends in the, in the worst way possible but um, you do a lot of CSR corporate and social responsibility you take really seriously and I think this comes back to just doing the right thing and that's how your business has grown because you've what, what have you in the last few years didn't you plant 125 trees somewhere yes for our 125th birthday which was in 2016. Oh was that long ago? Feels like last year. I know, year. I, I know. Size, isn't it? So we planted 125 trees which were in parks, in schools and where else were they? That's quite... Oh the allotment, yeah so all sorts of different places. A big and quite expensive undertaking. Isn't yes it, it was. And That's we, amazing though. We also had made two metal memory trees. So there's one in our Billericay office and one in Brentwood where people can have a leaf on our memory tree and they can choose then which charity to give money to. And then the leaf on that tree goes to the charity of their choice. Wow, they're beautiful. They're kind of like a modern art sculpture mm, type tree. They're beautiful. They? They're really stunning. Oh, so that's all for charity? Yes. And you've got your charity of the year. What's that, Jane? This year is Hearing Dogs for the Deaf. How do you choose your charity? Uh, that one was suggested by our friend Penny. Ah, Penny Hollington. As, Hi, as Penny. We're sure you're listening. Penny. Probably um, work. Uh, so I try and do local. Local ones and, yeah. Yeah, and change it around. 
Why do you do all this? Why do you do all the charity work? I don't know. My father, it's really odd. You go into some different churches and you'll see bench donated by Arthur Bennett. I mean, that was there 50 years, 60 yeah, years ago. That's kind of a neat feeling now, so, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I've just done it. I've just, just got it. into doing it. Because we were talking off here and actually... Um, it's all very much about the hustle, bigger, 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 more, more, more. And as Jane and I say, well, I, I think we've got, in many ways, similar businesses. We've, we've got a great team of people. We really take, we yeah. value what we're doing with our staff. And actually, sometimes enough is enough, isn't it? As long as we've got enough to make us happy, that why does our business have to keep growing and growing and growing? And I think both of our businesses have grown quite organically, simply because if you offer a really good service and it comes from a good place and you look after your staff, then it does just happen. My CSR is not as good as yours. I need to get a charity. Well, I can always let you know details of different charities. <laughs> I'm not going to plant 125 trees. That's amazing. <laughs> 125 but, um, photos. Yeah, I could do. Yeah, you, this is the lady with ideas on how to do charity things. I love it. Um, so, have you got a final word? What's your top tips for running a business? Being honest. Being honest. That's a good one. With your colleagues and your clients. <sighs> to be able to see both sides of the picture, and mm -hmm. this is what I came, I spoke about earlier with clients, you have to see both sides of it because you don't, you just don't know. Yeah. So if you can understand both sides of it and to let people know how you feel as well. And just that whole, I think that whole honesty, it's all about but people. The, the honesty. You'd be just about ready to go and get an honorary doctorate in psychology with all the stories and things you've heard and everything, all the people you've dealt with. It's amazing work. I do, I do love it. So I'd, I think it's a very, very difficult business that you've got to obviously make money, make a profit to look after everyone and continue your service. But actually just the root of what you do is all about, is all about customer service, internal and external, isn't it? Yes, amazing. most definitely. We've loved having you on. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. It's been brilliant. Um, we are going to have a little break. And when we come back, we have got another track Chosen by our honorary rock chick, Jane Bennett. It's Run DMC and Walk This Way, all about walking is good for mental health. It will take a little break and we'll be back uh, very shortly. Hi, I'm Carmel Jane with the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show. I hope you enjoyed listening all about Jane Bennett and her fantastic funeral director business. She really is an inspiration. So just remember, dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. See you next week. Thank you.